following is a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more information on Shaw or our teaching resources, visit www.shaw.org.nz. We're carrying on this morning our series in the miracles of Jesus. And uh, we're looking at the story today in Matthew 14, the miracle of Jesus walking on the water with Peter. And this is a miracle that uh, is probably one of the most well-known stories in the Bible. You've probably heard a lot of sermons on this already. And it's kind of made its way into pop culture as well. Uh, Mythbusters did an episode on uh, whether people can walk on water. And their answer was yes. As long as you add enough cornstarch to the water, then apparently you create this rubbery surface that you can actually walk on. So you might like to try that in your bath after the service. But I think that was slightly different to the kind of water that Jesus is walking on in this story. Uh, let's have a look at the story in more detail and, uh, and see what we can pick up here. This miracle takes place after Jesus has done the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. So that was a huge day for Jesus and he, he would have been exhausted at the end of that. And at the end of the day, Jesus sends his disciples off in their little fishing boat to start making their way across the Sea of Galilee. And he tells them that he'll meet them at the other side. So the disciples head out across the lake and Jesus then withdraws by himself to a solitary place to pray to his father, to his heavenly father. And Jesus spends several hours then in prayer by himself. The disciples head out across the Sea of Galilee and the Sea of Galilee is roughly 13 kilometers wide. So normally, in a fishing boat like the one the disciples would have had, you could expect the journey to take two to three hours, maybe. But as they head out there, uh, quite quickly a storm comes upon the lake, and the wind picks up, the waves pick up, and the disciples kind of find themselves battling against the elements. They're struggling to control their, their little fishing boat, which is being buffeted around by the, by the rain and the wind and, and the waves. They're trying to keep a course to the other side, but it's getting harder and harder. They're having to use more and more strength to try and control the boat. And they find that progress is really, really slow across the lake in the middle of the storm. This journey that was supposed to take a couple of hours is now turning into three hours, four hours, five hours. On it goes. And, and through the night, right into the middle of the night, the disciples are battling their way across the lake, desperately trying to get their boat to the other side. Now, we have then in the story this, this time indicator of when things happened next. In verse 25, it says, shortly before dawn. Now, literally, that phrase says, in the fourth watch of the night. That, that's literally how these times were structured and the nights were structured. And so the fourth watch of the night was the time between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Now, I remember when the first time I visited Israel many years ago, uh, we were staying on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. And my roommate and I thought that it would be a good idea to get up in the middle of the night at the fourth watch of the night and uh, go out and look at the Sea of Galilee and see what we could see. So we set our alarms for 3 a.m. We got up at 3 a.m. and we went out there. There was this little jetty jutting out onto the lake. We walked out to the edge of the jetty and we looked and it was just pitch black. Couldn't see anything. 
and it was a perfectly peaceful night as well. So it didn't really feel anything like it probably would have on this night. But it, it did kind of remind us that even, even in a modern context where you, you can see the lights of the, of the villages around the lake, it's still pitch black. I mean, you look out across that sea, it's pretty foreboding at night. And you realize these disciples out in the middle of the lake, when it's pitch black and they can't see a thing, it would have been hard to gauge how close they even were to the shore. It would have been hard to gauge how far they had to go or whether they were even on course or not. It must have been a hugely disorientating thing to be there in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the night. Well, there they are battling against the elements. And then they look out and, and out there on the water, they see this kind of shadowy figure. It looks like there's someone out there. And they strain their eyes to see, and, and it looks like it's, it's the silhouette of a person. It, it looks like there's a figure moving towards them out there on the lake. And, and their first thought is that this is a ghost, and they're terrified. I mean, they probably think this is some kind of spirit come up from Hades to take them down into the underworld. They would have probably thought that this was a, a premonition of their own death. But then they hear a familiar voice and they hear these words in verse 27. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And they realize that's a familiar voice. They know that voice. That's Jesus. And they strain and they look at this figure. And sure enough, this is their rabbi. This is their friend. This is Jesus out there on the lake, on the water walking towards them. And those words that Jesus says there are so significant. That little phrase where he says, it is I. Now, literally in the Greek, he says, I am. And if you can hear it, there's an echo in there all the way back to the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, where God reveals himself to Moses and says, I am who I am. And now Jesus comes to the disciples on the water and says, I am. And he's saying the presence of the I am is here. The presence of Yahweh is here on the waters in the middle of the storm with the disciples. It's an incredible moment. And then Peter, good old impetuous, impulsive Peter, he wants to get out onto the water with Jesus. He just wants to be where, where Jesus is. And so he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. And so Peter, I mean, just imagine this. Peter then clambers out of the boat and he, he puts his feet on top of the waves and imagine sort of testing the water to see if it's going to hold you. And he puts one foot there and it's, it, it feels reasonably solid. He puts the other foot down and, and then he realizes he can let go of the boat and he's standing there. He's probably bobbing up and down on the waves, but he's, he's standing there on the water and it's holding his weight. And so Peter starts taking one step after another step, and he's walking on the waves towards Jesus. And then somewhere along the line, something happens. Something happens to Peter. The way the text says it is in verse 30, but when he saw the wind. Now, Peter had already seen the storm. I mean, he'd been battling the storm for hours, so he knew what was going on. It wasn't the first time he was seeing the waves and the wind and the storm. But I think what the author means here is that Peter's focus went onto the storm in that moment. 
that, that he shifted his focus from Jesus onto the storm and suddenly he's looking at the waves. And, and you can just imagine suddenly Peter's thinking, what on earth am I doing? Walking on the, people don't do this. And as he lets his focus go onto the wind and to the storm, he feels himself sinking. He feels the water giving way beneath him and, and his body just dropping through. But then as, as soon as that happens, we read in the next verse, verse 31, immediately. I love the way Matthew uses that word. Immediately, straight away, Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter, which tells us Peter wasn't far from Jesus. I mean, he, he could only have been an arm's length or so away. Jesus reaches out, grabs a hold of Peter, and he pulls him back up so that he's once again standing on the water. So now there's Jesus and Peter both standing on the waves, and they both walk together back into the boat, get into the boat, and then the storm dies down. The waves die down, and things are calm. And the disciples who have been watching this, I mean, they, they are amazed, and, and their reaction is quite significant. Uh, if, if you recall back in Matthew chapter 8, there has been a previous time when the disciples saw Jesus calm a storm, and then... On that occasion, they asked a question. They asked, what kind of man is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Well, now that they see Jesus having walked on the water, they answer their own question. And they say in verse 33, truly, you are the son of God. And they are confessing Jesus to be the one who carries the power and the authority of God, of Yahweh himself. As we think about that story, and we think about how it connects to our lives. I want to tell you another story. There was a family in Texas, in the United States, and a tornado touched down not too far from their home. And as soon as the tornado hit the ground, the father quickly ushered the family inside, got them all inside really quickly. He made everyone lie down on the floor and he put a mattress over the top of them to keep them all safe. And he said, stay here, you'll be safe here. And in this family, there was a little boy. And, and as this boy peered out from under the mattress where his father had put him. He realized that his dad wasn't under the mattress with everyone else, but he was standing over by the window. And he was looking out at the storm. He was looking at the tornado to see how far away it was, to see what direction it was moving, to see how fast it was moving. And so this little boy, he, he clambered out from underneath the mattress and he ran over to his dad and, and he just wrapped his arms around his dad's leg. And as he reflected on that experience years later, he said, in that moment, something just told me that the safest place to be in the middle of the storm was next to my father. And isn't that so true? I mean, wasn't, wasn't that true for Peter in this story? That in the middle of this storm, the safest place to be, it wasn't with the other disciples. It wasn't with them. It was out on the water with Jesus. The safest place to be was where Jesus was. Isn't that true in our own lives as well? I mean, we go through stormy times in our lives. Our world is going through a stormy time at the moment with COVID. And maybe personally, you're in a season that just feels like a real storm right now. Uh, it might be a relational storm, maybe. You, you, it could be difficult relationships with friends or family members. Maybe there's polarizing views about COVID and vaccination, and that's just a tough space for you relationally right now. It might be that your mental and emotional health has taken a hit and it feels like there's a storm on the inside. You just feel worn down by lockdown. You feel exhausted. You feel defeated by the whole thing. It might be that the storm for you 
Is your job or employment or business is affected by COVID in some way? And, and you can see coming down the track, there's a real storm that you're going to have to navigate and, and it's not easy. That's a tough place to be. We go through these storms in life. But I think what the story reminds us is that in the middle of the storm, the safest place for us to be is next to Jesus. It's not in the boat. It's not in our own kind of sense of self-security, whatever that might be. It's out on the water in the storm next to Jesus. The, the safest place for us in the storm is to wrap our arms around him and cling on to him with all of our might. The best thing we can do in the storm is to lock eyes on Jesus and focus on him. That's really the essence of what Jesus calls faith in the story. He says to Peter, you of little faith. What, what Jesus asks of us, the response that he asks of us in the middle of the storms of life that we go through, is a response of faith. And faith really in its simplest form, faith is just clinging to Jesus in the middle of the storm. Faith is just, is just clinging to him and not letting go. Faith is looking toward Jesus because what we tend to do, I think, in the storm is exactly what Peter did when you think about it. So what we tend to do, we're going through difficult times and we tend to focus on the storm, don't we? I mean, isn't that where our energy goes? We focus on the problem. We focus on what's not working and all the negative emotions that we've got around that and, and, and all the uncertainty that's coming down the track. And that's where our mental energy goes. And that's where our emotional energy goes into all of the problem, into everything that's not going well. And then what happens? We start to sink, just like Peter, right? When he saw the wind, when he focused on the wind, that was the point that he started to drop. And it's just the same with us. As we focus on the storm, we start to sink and we sink into depression. We sink into anxiety. We sink into despair and discouragement and hopelessness because our perspective changes and the focus now goes onto the storm. And Jesus is saying, I want you to lift up your eyes and I want you to focus on me. I want you to lock eyes with me. And the more that we look into the eyes of Jesus in those difficult seasons, the more that our perspective changes and broadens and we can see things differently because we see Jesus is the Lord of the storm. We see Jesus, that's what this passage reveals to us. Jesus is the Lord of all creation. He's the one who has the authority and the power even over nature itself. He's the one who holds the universe in his hands. He's the one who has created all things and sustains all things. Jesus is the one that the mountains belong to him and the rivers the valleys, the earth is in his hands. He calls out the stars one by one. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Jesus has led his people through many trials and many tribulations down through the ages. And he will lead us through this one. He will lead us through this pandemic and he'll lead you through whatever storm is going on in your life at the moment. If you can look to what this passage reveals about Jesus, the Lord of heaven and earth, the one with all power and all authority, it will give you a perspective on your problem that you don't have right now. And that's what faith is. It is being willing to entrust our problems to Jesus. I don't know. Have you done this? bringing your, whatever you're facing, bringing it honestly to God and laying it down and handing it over to him and saying, God, I can't deal with this by myself. I give it to you. You are big enough to handle this. God, you are great enough. I'm not. You are strong enough. So I, I give this to you. I can't figure this out. I don't know where this is heading. I can't sort this, God. I give it to you. 
I leave it with you and I just cling to you. That's faith. And that's what Jesus is asking of us. Can I give you one practical suggestion to put this into action? Find a promise in the Bible that speaks into your particular situation. Sometimes you actually just need to open your Bible and, and have a look and find a scripture that connects with your situation. Rather than watching another YouTube video, open your Bible, see if you can find a promise there that somehow relates to what you're going through. If you can't find one, ask someone. Find that scripture, write it out. Write it out on a card or a piece of paper somewhere. Put it somewhere where you'll see it often. Maybe commit it to memory and keep coming back to that and reflecting on that. And when you find that your focus and your mental energy is going somewhere else and you're starting to disappear into a dark space and you're starting to sink, come back to that promise. I mean, that's faith, right? Faith in the promises of God. Focus yourself on that. Shift your attention from the storm to Jesus. And you can do that through the Word of God, through the promises that are in the Word of God. I know that there are times, you may be feeling this, that you just don't have the energy to do any of this. It's just too hard. And you don't have the ability to pray. And you don't have the ability to read the Bible. There's times when it's just too hard. And we feel like we've already sunk. And it's just, we don't have any strength left to be able to connect with God in any way. And those are times when it's so important for us to remember that Jesus does for us exactly what he did for Peter. Even when we find ourselves sinking down, Jesus reaches down and he takes hold of us. Even when Peter had no faith and he dropped through that water, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed a hold of him. And he will do the same for you. Jesus is right there, only an arm's length away, ready to grab out and hold on to you. There's a great song that we sing sometimes at Shaw called I Am. And the words of the chorus say, I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I am holding on to you. And you could think about that as an expression that we make towards God, something we say to God. I am holding on to you in the middle of the storm. But equally, you could think about those words as something that God is saying to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I am holding on to you. And in the context of this story, it's even more powerful. The great I am, God himself, is the one who is holding on to you. And God says to you, even when you can't hold on to me, I'm going to hold on to you. Even when you've got no strength left and you can't even turn to me, I will turn to you. And I will be gracious to you. The Bible says the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises up to show compassion to you. God is leaning towards you, ready to catch you. And you will never fall beyond the grip of his grace. You will never fall beyond his everlasting arms. He will not let you sink. So even when you can't hold on to him, just know he is holding on to you. So I hope that in some way you could see yourself afresh in this story. You could maybe see yourself, picture yourself out there on the water with Peter. And you could be reminded through the story that in the middle of your storm, the safest place to be is with Jesus. It doesn't mean the storm's going to go away. Things might get worse before they get better. Who knows? But in the middle of the storm, you can cling to Jesus and you can know that he is holding on to you. 
So let's have the faith that Jesus asks us to have, a willingness to walk towards him and fix our eyes on him rather than getting distracted by obsessing ourselves about the problem and being consumed by it. Let's lock eyes on Jesus, fixing our eyes on him, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Let's wrap our arms around him and let's look to him and let's be reminded by scripture that even in times when we can't cling to him, he is holding on to us and he will never let you go. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you for who we see of you in this passage. We thank you that we see you as Lord over all things. And Jesus, we hear you this morning saying to us, come, walk towards me. And we want to take up that invitation. God, in the middle of whatever storms of life we're going through, I pray that you would invite us to come to you and that you would hold us in those times when we feel that we're sinking, and that you would sustain us. Lord, I pray for every person who's going through a difficult season right now, that they would know your strong arms holding them, sustaining them, and supporting them through whatever it is that they're journeying through. And they would know you right there, your presence, your love, your power with them every step of the way. We thank you that you are so dependable and so reliable. Lord, we look to you. Help us to keep our eyes locked on you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more of our teaching resources, or to donate to our teaching resource ministry, or for more information on Shaw Community Church, visit www.shaw.org.nz. Alternatively, you can email office at shaw.org.nz or phone 09 415 0455. Thank you for listening.